1: Here to set you free. How you doing? Happy Thursday. I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome. Welcome back only. True Democracy in talk radio of four and by you, the people. In this hour, not one but two great guests joining us, the first of which has been on the program a number of times, and we're glad to have him back. He is Mr. Morris Pearl. He's chairman of the board of the Patriotic Millionaires. They're an organization of business people and investors who feel that our society will be better off adopting progressive policies previously mr pearl was a managing director at blackrock one of the largest investment firms in the world and we're going to talk with him about a number of things uh glad to have him with us welcome back and uh, belated happy new year mr pearl good to have you with us in this year once again
0: great to be on your show last week i wish it was even happier
1: oh i know i know I, it, it seems like it, it just uh, continues uh to be problematic and especially from uh, lawmakers on uh, the right um Mr. Pearl, yep. the, the the patriotic millionaires have a released a statement on the South Dakota GOP's uh, repeal of ethics reform. Um, this is unprecedented. I, I would agree with you on this. Um, let, let's talk about this. Quote, South Dakota lawmakers should not be afraid of higher ethical uh, standards. So that folks understand what's going on because a lot of people – good or bad, get their news online, and sometimes they're getting it from a Twitter feed or from Facebook, and sometimes there's blogging and not accurate information. So just bring folks a bit up to speed um, with what Patriotic Millionaires is speaking about with regard to the uh, GOP's repeal of ethics reform and why this is so unprecedented and what this means.
0: Well, in South Dakota, the people passed a referendum this past election day, um, and a majority of the voters voted for an ethics reform law. They voted to join the other 49 states, for instance, in not allowing lobbyists to give unlimited gifts to politicians. Seems like a logical thing to do. They voted for a small donor-enabling law to enable every registered voter in South Dakota to give $50 to two different candidates. They voted for various, you know, campaign finance reforms and ethics reforms and required disclosure of donations. And then, just the other day, this past week, <clears throat> the state legislature, which almost all of them being Republicans, voted to repeal the law, in an emergency session, no less. They said it was unreasonable that lobbyists couldn't pay for their travel and meal expenses. And it just, it just seems so ridiculous. I think even the legislatures that are Reasonable people that are in office to try to do the right thing for their constituents, if they spend all of their time with lobbyists getting free meals and traveling with them and going to events with fancy food like they did just last night, then it's very hard for them to see the point of view of the other constituents, the ones who don't have thousands of dollars to spend giving them gifts. So it's not even, I'm, I'm not even accusing them of bribery, although part of the law they. Um, repealed would have made bribery a felony in South Dakota, like it is in most other states. I'm not even accusing them of, like, a quid pro quo. I'm just accusing them of, like, giving access to the moneyed people and not the rest of the people. That that's what they seem to want to do, and they the Republican legislators in South Dakota, and it's just very sad.
1: And absolutely. And one of the things that I always, I'm sorry if I sound redundant when you come on and speak about, uh, is how you are one of those that would have access, right? You and you know, well, all of the other sure. patriotic millionaires, and you're standing up there saying, just because you guys have money and that gives you more power, you shouldn't have uh, influence and, and and power over individuals um, like this or access to individuals like this in the state of South Dakota or, or anywhere for that matter, but certainly in the s- uh, state of South Dakota. Dakota, uh, yeah. that, you know, I or anyone else um, should be able uh, to have access to governmental leaders, with uh, certainly within the states that we are constituents.
0: I'll tell you, Leslie, I mean, we've been taking our message to the states' legislators in different states. I was in Hartford, Connecticut, meeting several state legislators just this week. Previously to that, I was in Jefferson City, Missouri, at the Capitol. You know, I I testified before some state legislators there and shook hands with the governor and talked to him about campaign finance reform and small donor enablement laws for Missouri. We've also met with people in Illinois and New York, and our members are trying to explain to these state legislators that it's in everyone's interests to enable small donors and all of the people to fund political campaigns so the legislators don't have to spend all of their time, you know, calling people that can spend thousands of dollars. They don't have to, like, find brothers-in-laws of real estate developers to fund their campaigns. It's everyone's benefit, both the legislators and the people.
1: Even if you look at what they repealed, and as you mentioned, the legislature in that state of South Dakota, when they voted, um, they used a very contrived state of an emergency in order to repeal. And I want folks to hear what it's called because just the name of it. I mean, you're repealing the South Dakota Government Accountability and Anti-Corruption Act. So basically, yes. if, if, even if somebody didn't know our political system, uh, you know, in the United States at all, or even in the state of South Dakota, just the name itself, somebody would say, okay, so they're basically saying that the government doesn't have to be accountable and they can be corrupt.
0: I. That seems to be what they're saying. Yes. They, yeah, I, I, I wish I had something smart to say about that, but I don't. It's like... They honestly believe, apparently, that getting gifts from lobbyists and having lobbyists pay their expenses is an appropriate way to run the government.
1: And against the will of the people of their state, because as you pointed out at the the beginning of the hour, rightly so, Mr. Pearl, this was a ballot initiative uh, during the election approved by a majority of voters in this past election, this past year.
0: Yes, yes. And it, I mean, they did it's not, they didn't even prevent like rich self-funders from running. That's fine. That's, I, maybe that's protected by the constitution. I guess it is. But what they wanted to do is control gifts from lobbyists and large donations from people who aren't running. Um, and that's, I mean, that's a reasonable thing because if one person can give millions of dollars, like some donors do, That means all of the people who could only afford to give $5 or $500 have that much less of a voice. And that's not what the founders intended when they passed the Bill of Rights. I'm quite certain of that.
1: There's also a reason this was a ballot measure in that state of South Dakota. When you look at the state of South Dakota, it's been racked by scandals. It consistently ranks as one of the worst in the nation for accountability, and I, but, but I mean, come on, to, to have the anti-corruption laws that they feel, obviously, must have felt that they were so bad to, to to require a state of emergency to repeal them. You know, I don't think that the people of South Dakota or any of us outside of South Dakota looking in are that stupid, naive or ignorant to know what this is really about. The reason that state was ranking as one of the worst in the nation for accountability and, and been, been racked by scandals is obviously because the legislators in that state – well, don't care about their ranking. They care about what's in it for them, and obviously, a lot prior to this, well, when when the ballot initiative true. was put forth by the people and, and and voted for by the people.
0: Yeah, Leslie, that's. I mean, I'm sad to say that that's true. I mean, for these some of these people, it was an emergency, and the emergency was that their income was being taken away because they make money by taking bribes or taking gifts from lobbyists who want them to enact laws, which most people consider bribes. And to them, yeah, that's an emergency.
1: I want to read uh, the statement from the patriotic millionaires uh, regarding this. Quote, the American people have said time and time again that they want ethical and responsible leaders in government. The South Dakota GOP's refusal to be ex- to accept accountability oversight is deeply troubling, and their willingness to take extraordinary measures to overturn a democratically approved law is appalling. South Dakota lawmakers should not be afraid of higher ethical standards. They should embrace them. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk more uh, with Mr. Pearl, and we're going to talk about some other things in addition to South Dakota that are going on that are troubling that he can speak to, and I know that you want to hear about right here on the only True Democracy in Talk Radio. Mr. Pearl is chairman of the board of the Patriotic Millionaires. Follow him on Twitter at Morris underscore Pearl, M-O-R-R-I-S, Pearl, P-E-A-R-L. And also follow the Pat Mills at Patriotic Mills. The website is PatrioticMillionaires.org. Back with him, back with you right after this. Back. I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome, welcome back. And he is Morris Pearl, Chairman of the Board of the Patriotic Millionaires. He formerly was Managing Director at BlackRock, one of the largest investment firms in the world. Mr. Pearl, thank you for holding. Welcome back. Uh, before I get on to some other things, this, uh, you know, this does, um, you know, t- tie in. Um, when people listening say, what can I do, Mr. Pearl? What can I do, Leslie? A lot of times we'd say, well, get out and vote, but that's exactly what the people of South Dakota did with this ballot initiative in 2016. Would you agree the next best step is to vote those people out, those Republicans out in the state of South Dakota, in that legislature, um, uh, that that used this contrived state of emergency to repeal the South Dakota Government Accountability and Anti-Corruption Act?
0: Yeah, I mean, yes. Unfortunately, I think that does have to be the next step. I think um, Abraham Lincoln said, Talk about how powerful public opinion is, and I think the people of South Dakota should make sure their views are known both now and on the next election day, um, and try to make sure that the legislators of South Dakota realize that that they are not with the public on this one. Um, that's I mean I wish I had some better suggestion, but I think we have to continue resisting this this just this, this impulse. It's coming that big money is good and people are bad and that seems to be the new the new way of our government is thinking and you know both the state and the federal level and you know I don't believe that's the right way to go
1: and Mr. Pearl, I love you for the great segue because I'm about to do that. Uh, because we're, sure. you know, we're talking about a lack of accountability. Uh, you know, we're talking about corruption. And we're talking about conflicts of interest, if you will, in South Dakota, and um, we're seeing conflicts of interest um, in the White House and coming out of our federal government, as you say. Uh, we have, at least in the past, and I think many people still do, take conflicts of interest uh, very seriously. If you're employed by someone you are expected to act in the best interest. We don't see that by the Republicans in South Dakota, and um, we don't feel that in, in in from the White House that that's what's happening for the American people. If you act the contrary, um, it's unethical. It can, it can even be uh, I- illegal. Um, so when we're looking at Donald Trump, he is an employee of the American people. I'm not sure he knows that or has wrapped his head around it yet. And there was a recent executive order, of which there are many very quickly and as of late uh, in his first couple of weeks in office uh, from Donald Trump, a recent executive um, order that citizens from several countries, seven to be exact, Muslim-majority countries, Syria, Iran, Iraq, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, and Yemen – Um, are not to be allowed to enter into the United States. And he had stated it was in order to protect the people from terrorist attacks by foreign nationals, even though the fact is that the countries on this list are not even those that have produced violent terrorists in the past. Uh, Not one citizen from those countries has killed anyone on American soil, at least uh, in the past uh, 40 years. Um, But what we're hearing is that a lot of people out there are angry Because countries that haven't been mentioned, such as Saudi Arabia or other countries, uh, where the majority of the 9-11 hijackers came from, um, aren't on any uh, type of list. People are angry because they call it a Muslim ban. But let's talk about conflicts of interest with the countries not on that list. All, not some, not a few, all of which our president, President Trump, has business dealings within. This is the same type of unethical uh, this is the same uh, type of uh, self-serving uh, behavior. And, and is certainly a conflict of interest, isn't it, Mr. Pearl?
0: I mean, I think so. Even Mr. Trump himself said that he's a conflict of interest with regard to Turkey, because he's building a fabulous double tower building in downtown Istanbul, which he himself said he's a conflict of interest in when he was speaking in Alabama last summer, um, you know, when he was campaigning. And... I think that, like, Turkey, for instance, is a country that's ruled by a person who wants to establish Islamic religious rule over the world, um, which I don't happen to be in favor of. And maybe that's a bad thing There's all kinds of violence going on there. I'm standing here talking to you from New York City. I'm looking out of the skyline where on September 11, 2001, there was military planes flying around because we were attacked here, not by people from any of those seven countries you mentioned, but the people who attacked us happen to be from countries where there are Trump hotels being built or have been built. And none of those people are um, being banned from entering. Trump himself said that he loves Saudis. They spent 40 or $50 million on apartments. Should he hate them? No, he loves them. And it just seems so clear that when he's asked about foreign policy, what the foreign policy of the United States, the people of the United States should be. He reverts to his business dealings with the people from that country, just in his own mind, and that's how he answers the question. And I always had something else to say, but I told not It seems clear that that he's thinking about his family's business interests in those countries, of which he has none in the seven countries of which people are banned, and lots in places like Turkey and Saudi Arabia. which many people have killed lots of people, lots of Americans. Um, And I mean, that doesn't seem right to me.
1: And and so so I think we can clearly, we can clearly deduct or conclude um, that this is not about uh, uh, American safety. And, you know, we, we know that, you know, we're not at war and shouldn't be with uh, any religion. That's one of the things that makes America great, that we have that freedom, all of us, to our, our own uh, types of uh, faith. Uh, but by keeping people out, and you know this is a business, owner more than I do, Mr. Uh, Pearl, in, in your position— um, Doesn't this executive order hurt American businesses, hurt the American economy? Because we're not just a nation of immigrants. We're a workforce of immigrants. And immigrants are needed in some specific areas of that workforce, like Silicon Valley, for example.
0: Well, sure. Immigrants are in all kinds of places. Hundreds of people have been prevented from working in the United States for years, have been prevented from getting back to do their jobs. Doctors and software engineers People who have never even been to Syria, but have Syrian citizenship because of the way the Saudi laws work for people who were born in Saudi Arabia, have been prevented from entering the United States. It's not about safety at all. It's about the clash of worldviews that a few of Mr. Trump's advisors, like Mr. Bannon, have been sort of promoting for years, that we need a clash of civilizations. And I fear that we're going to be at war soon. We're I mean, I I fear, I'm afraid that there are people in the United States who wish to provoke conflict and wish to provoke violence. And once violence has started someplace, it'll be continued someplace else. And. It'll be like George Orwell's 1984, and I don't know who we'll be at war with, but we'll at war with someone, and that's yeah. what they'll use to try to unify the people again.
1: Absolutely. Mr. Pearl, thank you once again for taking your time, sir. I know you're quite busy. Mr. Morris Pearl, chairman of the board of the Patriotic Millionaires, former managing director at BlackRock. Twitter, follow the Patriotic Mills at Patriotic Mills. Follow Mr. Pearl at Morris underscore Pearl, and the website is PatrioticMillionaires.org. Guest number two coming up right after this.